Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, your advanced sommelier, your Baron of Brewskis, and uh, your Samurai of Spirits. I hope you have a great Saturday night tonight, and uh, if you got some friends around, be sure that you let them know. If they're not there, let them know what's happening on the show. It's happyhourradio.net. We've got 140-plus shows, all fun, delightful. Uh, I'll give you my honest opinion about uh, wine, beer, spirits, cocktails, beer, fresh food, and events all around the world. And uh, speaking of all around the world, uh, it is Oktoberfest, yeah? And uh, it is time to celebrate my German heritage. I know the, the name is Chan, but it used to be... Uh... <laughs> have a German name. My grandmother was German, and so when I had the opportunity to meet Megan Combs, who's the executive chef and general manager of Altstadt, uh, the brand new German uh, restaurant and beer stube uh, on, in Pioneer Square there on First Avenue, just down from the vaunted Central Tavern, um, I was thrilled because German food's one of those uh, cuisine styles or cuisines that you don't necessarily think of as being... Um, uh, very celebrated outside of pretzels and brats and things like that. But uh, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I remember going to uh, um, the uh, Oozingers, which was the local delicatessen, and they sold sausages and little childhood memories. So um, I guess uh, I, I grew up part German and <laughs> part Chinese and more. But uh, let's get right to it. It's Oktoberfest time. So Megan Coombs, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thanks so, for having us. Yeah, so excited. <laughs> um, people may not know who you are, but so let's talk about <laughs> where you're from and how you got into uh, the uh, hospitality industry. Yeah, definitely. So I'm originally from Portland, so I'm a Northwest native. Um, I actually went into a whole other career before going into cooking. I studied in Germany in high school and then again in college where I was studying international politics and economics. Um, and ended up going into nonprofit fundraising, totally unrelated to food. Um, but then kind of refound my passion when I was living in New York and wanted to make a change in 2012. I went to the French Culinary Institute, voted one of the best now in the nation. Mm. Uh, it's now called the International Culinary Center. Um, so I went there and studied classic. French technique while I was working at Valsay and with the James Beard Foundation and um, actually interning with Dorothy Ken Hamilton, who was our president, who just recently passed away, but uh, really trying to make the most of being in New York. You know, New York has such an amazing food scene and it was the perfect place to go into cooking, especially a little bit later in the game. And speaking of all the cultures, I mean, New York is really the uh, the, the actual melting pot that's on oh, the main yeah. burner there. So you've got so <laughs> many different styles of cuisine, you can get so much influence. Yeah, definitely. It was amazing to be able to go out any night of the week and try something different and, and not just something different, but the best maybe of that different 
cuisine in the country or you know in at least the northeast or whatever this is very authentic (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so after a couple years i i went to culinary school there i went and worked for olivier chang catering which is a fine dining catering company out of new york a lot of big weddings and fashion events and ended up deciding to leave new york where you know cost of living is a little bit difficult especially in the cooking industry um so we my partner and I who met in culinary school were looking around at where to move and ended up here in Seattle so I've been here almost three years now um and right after I got here and started looking for a job Altstadt was just opening actually so it was kind of the perfect fit of my German cooking background and my German love of the culture and my German heritage myself and everything. So uh, it really worked out well. And now here we are. Who started Altstadt? So the original um, owners were Brendan McGill of Hitchcock and um, a couple other owners, um, Ward Van Allen and Lex Petrus, who are still those are cool owners. names. Those are like I know, right? I mean, They're no like offense, superhero but, names. I was gonna say you're a super villain. You get Lex in there. <laughs> yeah, Lex and Ward. No, it's uh, they're great. You know, they've um, gone on to do some other projects as well now. But Altstadt's kind of grown up and and matured over that time, and and here we are in Pioneer Square, and almost at our third birthday. So and how perfect to have uh, a beer hall in Pine- Pioneer Square with with great food because. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things that is lacking, actually, in Pioneer Square, um, uh, you know, having the chance to enjoy uh, a frosty beverage or something shaken or stirred, uh, and with um, some, some culinary delights. And i got to yeah. tell you, uh, I had the invitation to join you for um, a fantastic meal. It's really a tasting menu with uh, my beloved mother, and um, <laughs> we had a great time. And obviously, she grew up in Milwaukee, so she knew German food, too, and, and uh, I'll take my word for it. Our, our great, my great grandmother. Her grandmother was um, German, uh, Margaret Anza, and um, we had a most delightful time. So, in addition, let, tell me about Altstadt. Just talk about why we should come down there. Okay, so we are, you know, we we started as a beer hall and brat house. That's what our tagline was: Altstadt beer hall und Brathaus. and we serve amazing beers from Germany and brats. And um, as I said, I've been there since the beginning. Within the first six months, I became the executive chef of Oddstadt, and I really wanted us to You knew to how be... to cook a brat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really uh, handy with a grinder and stuffer, <laughs> um, but... I really wanted us to be a little more than that. You know, we can make amazing sausages, and we do. We make everything in-house. We're still very into that. Everything we do is handcrafted and with care and respect. But beyond sausages, what more could we be? You know, we called ourselves Northwest Inspired, and and we said these things. But we've really, in the last couple years, incorporated that more into our menu from the food side and on the beverage side. So... Um, But when we first opened, people who came might have noticed that we only had German beers. Now we have a lot of great local beers that are German style only. You know, we will still never have a a Northwest Pale Ale, but we do have, you know, some fantastic. uh, What we have in front of us right now is Silver City Oktoberfest right out of Bremerton. You know, we have Sea Pine Brewing regularly doing a couple different beers for us. A Goza we had during the summer and um, currently we have their Oktoberfest. You know, Stoop has a 
uh, Dunkelweiss on one of our taps right now, which is fantastic. Um, we just came out of their Hellas Lager. So we're really trying to incorporate it on that side. On the food side, we realized there's this opportunity for food specials and to bring in some really traditional German dishes, but using Northwest ingredients. So you might find a venison rouladen on our menu one day, or you might find, you know, a, a cured and smoked duck pastrami schupfnudel um you know so we're really i've been looking for a schupfnudel yeah yeah right everybody does so um <laughs> yeah so i think it's it's that opportunity to really combine our terroir and who we are as a restaurant in seattle one of the most amazing resources in the country for meats and yes. produce and fish you know the herrings a lot that actually just came off our menu so but, fun i was chatting with john sunshine last yeah? week about about that. We were talking about herring off air that, you know, it's coming back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we'd like to have that and incorporate these really amazing products that we can get here, but also with those German roots that are so important to us. I love it. And you want to um, chat about this dish we have right here? I actually, do. I, but I, first of all, I want to say that, you know, not only do you have an authentic um, beer experience, but you have authentic dining experience. And even the, the uh, environs of of the place. It it's definitely takes you back to a different, more communal, more festive, fun atmosphere where you're going to sit at a table. And this isn't about being fancy or stuffy. It's about really digging into uh, life as they do. Yeah. I remember being in Germany and, and seeing a family come in at 9 a.m. because I was on tour at the Hofbrau House at 9 a.m. And they were there at 9 a.m. drinking beers and eating yeah. sausages. Like, wow, all right. This is the lifestyle. Yeah, that's what they call it, <laughs> that comfortability, you know. That. So we're going to chat about some of these dishes here. Speaking with Megan Coombs, yeah. who is the executive chef and general manager of Altstadt uh, down on First Avenue in the Pioneer Square, 209 First Avenue South. Um, first of all, we have uh, sausages. And so you've got yeah. bratwurst, knockwurst, uh, brewwurst, and uh, pilswurst. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got something called Obdrecht. What does that say? Obdrecht. Oh, what's that <laughs> one there? Ob Haupt oh, Hauptgericht. Hauptgericht. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I was that yeah. French. I said, oh. <laughs> I got to go back to my German roots. Yeah. Uh, Schnitzel Wiener Art um, yeah. mit einem Spiegelei. Yeah, mit einem Spiegelei. So you can Spiegelei. add a, a fried egg to the. So you got spetzel, um, of course, uh, flank steak, sauerkraut, pommes frites, and horseradish. That sounds always good no matter where you are. <laughs> um, you have uh, soup and salad. So you've got uh, black kale, pumpernickel croutons, and creamy garlic dressing for their Grünkohlsalat. Yeah, Grünkohlsalat. Yeah, Grün that's one of our, our customer favorites that's been on since pretty much the beginning. And uh it's actually a fun one because that's kind of a cold take on a traditional German dish, which is Bremener Grünkohl, coming out of Bremen, um, which is usually a braised kale dish. And mm. so this is kind of our cold kale take on those flavor profiles. You have starters inside, so mm -hmm. um, the bretzel. Yeah, pretzels. Pretzels. <laughs> uh, and those are house-made? Yeah, everything is house-made, but yes, our pretzels, especially on most any night, you'll see people standing at um, in our open kitchen, either making pretzel dough or rolling out some of these pretzels. Uh, it's always a fan favorite for people coming in. What's and, the key to making a great pretzel? I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, great bagels, you boil them, then you roast or or bake them, but what's mm -hmm. what's the pretzel? Um, two things: lye bath. So I think very rarely do you see in Seattle that people use a real lye dip before they bake them, which is what gives you that awesome mahogany color and nice chewy outside. 
And the second thing, and I think that, you know, some people might disagree with me on this one, salt level. You have to make sure you have the right amount of salt on a pretzel because if it's too salty, oh, it completely overpowers anything else. And if it's not salty enough, then it just tastes like whatever bread. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I mean, I fell in love with that pretzel when I was there and (laughs) it's having it now. And this is um, like two hours removed from the store. Yeah. It is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it tastes yeah. so pretzely. Yeah, right. And, and the smell. Oh man, I wish. And you the, the texture, smell. the crunchy <laughs> outside, and the, the just soft and pillowy inside with the the coarse salts. Um, what do you bake them in? What's the what temperature? Three fifty, four fifty. We bake convection? them at four hundred. Four hundred. So we dip them in our lye bath, bake them at four hundred for about twelve to sixteen minutes. Um, depending on the thickness of the pretzels, every pretzel's a snowflake. And they're hand braided, right? <laughs> exactly. This isn't some machine. Yeah. And oh, uh, no. what do you miss them with a little bit of H two O to keep the no. salt on them, or just when they're hot, you someone dips them? Dip them in the lye bath. Immediately put the salt on, and that's oh, kind of what I keeps see. it adhering to it. And then right into the oven. Yeah. Oh well, that's definitely a must. Um, and pretzels don't get enough credit. I think uh, Tom yeah. Douglas is trying to do pretzels over at his Brave Horse Tavern, um, but doesn't quite have the German heritage. It's more <laughs> an English pretzel. Um, of course, pommes frites, and I had those uh, on my way to the Seahawks game. It's a great base to continue your uh, celebration of NFL. Um, uh, Lieberwurst, which yeah. we also enjoyed, and that was huge for me because I grew up on uh, liverwurst yeah. uh, as a kid, and I, I still like it today. In fact, I would recommend if you're not a vegetarian, tell it, and you have children, feed them liverwurst early; they'll be a gourmet by the time totally, you yeah. know it. Um, and beers, thirty-five different beers here on your menu, um, from a third liter, a half liter, one liter, and a boot. Yeah, das boot, right? <laughs> That's a boat. However you're celebrating, we have the size for you. <laughs> yeah, and so it, that's a two-liter beer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, two liters. I always recommend a sharing on that one, but um, some people really go for it. They uh, they really want to conquer it. So. Wow, and you get the whole boot glass for, for an extra $6. Yep. What a deal. Yeah. Um, having a great time with Megan Coombs, the executive chef and general manager of Altstadt, which is at 209 First Avenue South. It is uh, more than just a beer stew. Of course, they have 35 different fantastic beers and bubbly beverages. Um, you have dessert, salads, mm-hmm. uh, starters, uh, sausages, uh, schnitzel, and spetzel. Yeah. Um, this is fantastic. <laughs> and I'm lucky because I have you brought some samples in today. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about Oktoberfest. It's uh, Tis the Season. Starts in September and goes through October. So stick around, folks. We'll listen to Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, my friends, guten Tag, guten Nacht, that's what it is. Uh, happy Saturday night. I uh, have the pleasure of having, a, a, well, a compatriot, a comrade, I guess it might be, I don't know. Altstadt's executive chef, uh, Megan Coombs, and also the general manager, she brought in some Oktoberfest beers. We're celebrating Oktoberfest right here in studio. Of course, you can celebrate it all week, um, up until October 3rd. 
But don't let that stop you. Go until November um, and have a great time. Uh, and we're talking about German fare and German beer and uh, mm-hmm. uh, loving this. You made these pretzels that are fantastic. You just brought me a little cheese dip. T- tell me about this. So that's obatza, uh, very traditional at Oktoberfest. You'll definitely see obatza around. It's a paprika cheese spread. So we make it with uh, cream cheese and we use Mount Townsend camembert, their cirrus, um, paprika, cumin, some garlic, and and then top it with some raw red onions and parsley. And that's it. It's wow. great with pumpernickel or pretzels, actually. So, yes, yeah. and uh, it definitely complements um, that nice chewy pretzel, and it makes you thirsty. So <laughs> you got something perfect here. Think, yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. So uh, the beer you brought today is called Silver City Brewery Oktoberfest Lager. Mm-hmm. Um the idea of an Oktoberfest beer, do you know the history at all? So Oktoberfest beers are traditionally Märzens. So they are beers that are brewed in March. They're amber lagers yes. because they're lagered, obviously, for a very long time. They're not opened until the end of September. Lagered means to be aged or stored. Yes, yeah. And um, traditionally, they were trying to get rid of their beers in the end of September so that they could get their winter beers into the barrels. And so Oktoberfest, while originally a uh, wedding celebration in the early 1800s for Prince Ludwig I, um, really developed into this kind of fall harvest festival, kind of what we think of as a fair, right? Even Washington State Fair is very similar. There's rides, there's beer, there's food, there's the celebration of the coming season and there's Onion a lot burgers. of beer trying to be <laughs> gotten rid of in air quotes um, from the different brewers so that they can get their, their winter beers in. I get it. Hey, so everybody um, help yeah. out those German brewers. Uh, start drinking some Marts and beers um, mm-hmm. and there's uh, really a lot of different German beers and truly uh, this is the birthplace of beer for the most part unless you you subscribe to the Egyptian or Mesopotamia deal um, about <laughs> grains being fermented but uh, these these beers are really perfect for the fall weather. They have a little more body, a little more flavor, complexity, mm-hmm. but they also pair with some of the dishes that will keep you warm and fortified um, through these days and nights, especially when you're tailgating. Um, and we can call the Altstadt really a tailgate central. I mean, you've got everything yeah. you need. Definitely. You have all the the food that will soak up all the beer, (laughs) and you have all the beer. Um, And I think one of the fun things that I hear a lot from people uh, who come in on game days is, like, I just was looking for a place to have a few beers or get, you know, a few drinks in. And then I tried the food, and it was great. And then I came back (laughs) for that, you know. But we have, you know, anything that you need. We have the pretzels and the fries to soak up what you're pre-gaming yeah, might Yeah, for sharing, snacking. <laughs> and they're big pretzels. I mean, that's not just your little uh, uh, Mr. Salty. This is yeah. really, this is uh, um, King King Kong Godzilla pretzel. <laughs> it's, it's pretty big and chewy. Um, delicious. So... Do you how seasonal is uh, Altstadt's menu? So we try to stay very seasonal. We change up salads, desserts, um, a few sides, and every now and again the sausage each season. So we really look at what produce is coming out, what what fish are going to be in season, especially in the summer, um, and try to have that dictate where we're going with the menu. So one of our really fun dishes this fall is the Garmknudel. And if you know anything about German food or you maybe have been skiing in the Alps, you will maybe know Garmknudel. Um, it's a plum-filled dumpling that is served traditionally with with uh, melted butter and poppy seeds. And we are lucky enough to work with this awesome farm called 
Edible Acres that is um, just up north, and they are all different stone fruits, and they brought in these amazing Italian plums that we made some poodle out of, which is a... Say poodle? <laughs> poodle. <laughs> which is a... Um, Plum butter, essentially. Uh, we cook down the plums with just some spices, no sugar added. Um, and then it creates this really thick, amazing plum uh, jam slash butter. And we fill the dumpling with that. And then we make this brandy vanilla sauce um, and also serve it with their plum cots, which are beautiful and in season right now. So some of the awesome Northwest produce that really dictates what we're serving. Oh, my. <laughs> Now this, this is something to relax and truly enjoy because it's got this great chew. Um, that decadent sauce is so buttery and silky and sweet. The poppy seeds give you that little bit of texture, which is give you a little bit of crunch. And then the inside is just really, mm, it's like the best cocoon you could like crawl into. <laughs> And actually, Germans eat this as a meal or a dessert, <laughs> which I always am trying to explain to our customers when they come in. I'm like, you yeah, know, if you're just looking for kind of something a little fall, um, try this. You know, one of you get a sausage, one of you get this, and you can just eat it as a meal. And it's, I think it's so unique. It's so mm, different. It so. is really different. It's, uh, it's just got such great weight to it. I mean, this is a <laughs> fall, winter dessert where you're going to like... All right, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> curl little... up next to a fire. <laughs> <laughs> or a little ball and go to sleep afterwards, for sure. What's it called again? Garam Knoodle. Garam Knoodle. Yes. And Garam means plum? No, no, I don't know what. I think Garam refers to the yeast dumpling mm. factor of okay. it. But don't quote and me canoodle? on that on record. <laughs> canoodle means? Canoodle is a dumpling. Canoodle I see. is the dumpling itself. So you'll either see Germans call dumplings a lot of different things. Klopse, knudel, um, yeah. Matzos? No, wait, that's, uh, what am I Jewish, thinking? but yes. <laughs> <Something like> that. <laughs> Similar <clears throat> boiled dumplings. That's right. Yes. So fun. Yeah. Well, um, this beer is fantastic. The Oktoberfest, mm -hmm. the Silver City Oktoberfest lager, it's, uh, I like that it's got a little bit of uh, power, a little fortitude. It's got yeah. some, and that's really, when it comes down to why beers have al high alcohol, it's because it's calories, and yes. that's what people used to work, and this was a beverage, and um, obviously uh, the name comes from the idea of bread. Um Really delicious, and this is served by the bottle only because you brought in the twenty-two ounce bottle. Is this just a bottle, or do you they, have it on tap? We all we do have it on tap. Um, they are actually one of the only. We have four local breweries that participated in our Oktoberfest kickoff event, and then we have all of them on tap as well. So they are Sea Pine Brewing out of Soto. Um, we have on tap their Oktoberfest. We have Alpine out of Oroville, which is up north. Um, we have Chuckanut, and actually, we had the only keg of Chuckanut Fest beer in Seattle, and it's about halfway gone. So, if you really want to, is that try, a cast condition one? Um, it is not. It's just they just do a very limited run of their fast beer. So um, we have that on tap, and then actually, Sea Pine was the audience choice winner for our um, Brewers Kickoff. And they, this was their first year brewing a fest beer. It was really spicy and unique and awesome. So if you uh, 
are stopping in, I would recommend you trying the Good sea try pine. Well, you yeah. got it. Check we also it are out. doing a beer cocktail with the sea pine, um, and it tastes like candy corn. No lie. And it's a German <laughs> who invented candy corn. Oh. Mark Gurlitz. Right. So, uh, Not the outfall corn, it's the candy corn. Yeah, it's the candy corn. So um, I would definitely, if you're going to stop in, it's very fall, so very I like fun. Allstadt um, has food, beer, and cocktails, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great lead-in. A on the beer cocktail. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you are actually producing a cocktail, which is uh, um, the one of the significant ingredients is uh, Kirschwasser, which is mm-hmm. a cherry brandy um, from Germany. And uh, it's certainly, of course, you know, been Americanized to some degree because Portland makes it where all those people <laughs> yeah. in Oregon. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Clear Creek Distillery makes a great Kirschwasser yeah. as well. And is yours from Germany or from France? Ours is German. Okay. It's Schlatter. It's coming out of the Black Forest. Um, where they get that cool ham I like. Exactly, right? right? They have that great cherry dessert, and they have amazing ham and spätzle. Excellent. Um, let me give you a website if you want to check out. Uh, uh, it's at altstadtseattle.com, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, Seattle. So altstadt, and that means old city. Yeah. Oldcityinseattle.com. Uh, you can check out their menu. They have a weeknight happy hour, 3 to 6 o'clock, uh, weekend brunch, 11 to 3. Um so you, I mean, you do you have eggs, uh, eggs broughten? Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. We 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 also actually switch up our brunch menu pretty regularly. So sometimes we have eggs. We always have fried eggs because we serve it with our bratwurst. We serve it with our schnitzel, and there's no better way to start your weekend than with a schnitzel with a fried egg and Jaeger mushroom sauce. Jaeger so, mushroom sauce. Yes, of course. That's <laughs> what I say all the time. Uh, Megan Coombs, this cocktail is phenomenal. Now, I love cherry, I love almond, and I think sometimes the two are very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, What's this one called? So, this one is... Kirschfleischgeflecht is what the name is. Rolls off the tongue. Right? Yeah. So, that means... um, Splattered with cherry meat. <laughs> splattered. Uh, what are Just they splattered? From a poem. It sounds like something from Roadkill. <laughs> splattered with raccoon meat. Uh, oh, this is really delicious. Um, okay. Kirschwasser, uh, Dolan of uh, vermouth, and a little bit of bitters. Is that yep. right? Cherry bitters. Cherry bitters yeah. and a lemon peel to boot. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle.com, Brunch, lunch, happy hour, yeah. and more. Megan Coombs, executive chef and general manager. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you so much. I'm proceed to uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, Dr. Shane. Dr. <laughs> Shane, yeah. Now, cheers to Oktoberfest. Check out uh, the uh, Great Pumpkin Beer Festival on October 8th down at CenturyLink Field. That's uh, put on by our friends at Elysium Breweries. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. John Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. All right, happy Saturday night, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It is the season of Oktoberfest, and I am... uh, so pleased to have um, Jeff Cioletti, who is an internationally recognized beverage writer. He's uh, served as editor-in-chief of Beverage World magazine, written articles for a variety of publications, including Drafts, all about beer magazine, and uh, he's the author of a couple books, The Year of Drinking Adventurously, and also the writer, producer, director of um, Beerituality. I think that's
said, spirituality but spirituality. Uh, feature-length comedy set in the world of craft beer uh, must be pretty funny. But he also just came out with a brand new book called Beer FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions or Beer Fact. Um, all that's left to know about the world's most celebrated adult beverage. Uh, hey, Jeff Cialetti, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, great to be here, because I appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, um, thanks for taking this Saturday night. I know that you are in Alexandria, Virginia, and uh, there's a little bit of time difference here, but uh, we know that the suds are always cold on both sides of the coast. Tell me, um, yes. you're a writer. How did you get into beer? Was it a fraternity? Was uh, it the university? No, it was really, you know, uh, you know. obviously I, I, I did drink beer in college, but it wasn't particularly good beer. Um, but it was really when I started at Beverage World, which was uh, in early 2003, and I just started going to a lot of trade shows and getting a lot of press releases and people sending me stuff, and I, I really started to discover all the great beer that was out there. So I immediately started to fall in love with it, and then I started traveling for it. I used to just, you know, a lot of my vacations I'd be... You know, beer will travel. Or, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. You know, whether it was Belgium, Germany, uh, the UK, any other great beer parts of the world, the Czech Republic. You know, it just became sort of uh, my, you know, reason to travel. So then I, I just continue to fall in love with it, continue to learn more about. It. I covered the industry for so many years, so I, I, I had access. I was lucky to have the kind of access that I had to some people in the industry, some well-known people in the industry, so it's it's been quite a ride. Well, what a pleasure to speak with you. Um, obviously, you're quite knowledgeable. You've written several books about uh, beer and the birth of beer, and this book, the FAQ of beer, Beer FAQ, is, uh, is quite um, a tome of factually based knowledge, so it's uh, very refreshing to read something that's basically, hey, these are the facts, so it's kind of the, I want to call it an encyclopedia, but it's not that nerdy, although um, everything, uh, I'm thinking you have a bunch of pictures, maybe not enough for some of them, <laughs> but yeah. How cool is this? Um, what was your inspiration for this book? Um, well, I mean, it was really the, the publisher. They do a series called FAQ. The publisher is Hal uh, Leonard uh, Publishing, and um, they do a series called FAQ, but they've never done anything related to beverages prior to that. Um, it was a lot of, you know, TV shows and bands and, and things like that. So, this is, you know, they're starting to do more beverage books, and so they, they kind of approached me to write the beer one. So they had asked me to submit them a proposal. So I basically outlined what I thought would be a book called Beer FAQ, and I sort of drew upon all of my professional experience as well as my personal experience with the beverage, and I was able to cover just about every facet of it from ingredients to styles to the distribution business, which I've had a great deal of experience covering, you know, to packaging, to, um, you know, the sort of subculture of breweriana collectors. And those are like people who collect old cans and old signs and things like that. <laughs> and that's it. You know, there's stuff that like some, some, some aluminum cans. They had official uh, name. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Bruriana. Bruriana. Like ten grand, thirty grand, some something fetch. And um, so I, I did a little bit on that, and then you know I did a little bit of 
food pairing based on sort of my own experiences and, and pairing beer and food. So I think, um, I think it's a good sort of guide for anybody uh, who is just getting into beer or if they've been into beer for a while and they know a lot about sort of one aspect of it, but want to learn some of the other aspects of it. For instance, you know, they may be, you know, diehard IPA people who, um, you know, aren't necessarily tuned in to how that IPA got from the brewery to their glass. They don't really know the distribution background to this. So I provide a little bit of that. And, you know, there's also a little bit of history too. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't go too in depth. I'm not a historian, but you know, it's the basic stuff from, you know, how it all began thousands of years ago, all the way up to the American and international craft beer revolution. <laughs> all the way to Imbev almost, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And actually that, that, you know, the, the whole, InBev SAB Miller merger, um, you know, I had to kind of put something in that, like during the during the editing process, because my uh, my deadline was about a year ago, and wow. that was right around the time they announced the impending deal. So yeah. as I was going through all the revisions and the proofing, I was like, oh, I got to make sure I get in. Like, what are they going to be called? They still don't have a name yet, which kind of bums me out because if they had named the company, it would be completely completely current but right now the nickname is just mega brew and <laughs> you know, say, total beer and more <laughs> something like <laughs> yeah. that uh speaking with exactly. jeff cioletti who is the uh author uh and a um we'll call you an expert on beer you wrote a book i'm giving that to you when you proposed this you made this proposal to uh faq books did you actually have a writer did you say i need a case a week or uh you know, you had a certain amount of beers you needed, no no brown M&Ms in the beers or anything like that? <laughs> no, but now that you mention that, I wish I had. <laughs> no. Well, I'm looking no, at the book yeah. here, and here's some of the uh, the table of contents. You've Obviously, the birthplace of beer, which is very, very important to, for us to understand um, its genesis. Uh, you go to German beers. You talk about the monks and uh, the myths. Um, the Renaissance period, the craft movement here in the United States, uh, and, of course, craft beer abroad, um, the Broomerang effect. What goes around comes around. Um, bar hopping, uh, serving beer, how to serve it right. I, I think we drink it all too cold pretty often, unless it's a really hot day. And beer cocktails? What? All right. So, quickly, the birth of beer. Um, I'm thinking yeah. it's uh, in uh, somewhere on the Euphrates River. Yeah, you know, your ancient Sumerians going back probably, I want to say 8,000 years, um, something like that. And you know, it, it's, it wasn't beer like we think of it now, but it was basically um, you know, some grain that fermented, and you know there weren't any hops or anything like that. But it was a grain that fermented into uh, a mild alcoholic beverage, and that became what we think of as beer. It evolved over millennia, you know, and it probably wasn't until the Middle Ages that people started adding hops to it, um, and then eventually it started to morph into 
the style that we're more familiar with now. So like it's been a, a long, can. long journey. <laughs> uh, yeah, very cool. Exactly. So we talk about some hops here, which I think is great. You talk about Holler Tower, one of the German hops, Mosaic, uh, Cascade, and uh, Saz hops, which I believe everyone needs to taste the Saz hops so they can think about how that beer might be um, the very Czechoslovakian. Well, I love the fact that you talk about a brief primer. You've got Ale versus Lager. You've got Pilsner, Maybach, uh, Amber Lager, Dunkel, Doppelbach, Pale Ale, IPA, Stout, Brown Ale, Porter, Barley Wine, and then some new emerging ones. Pumpkin beers. How how timely is that? Um, timely in terms of right now, you mean? <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> well, right. Yes, it's, 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 it is pumpkin beer season. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin beers. Nor am I. And, uh, and I wouldn't even call it so much a new and emerging anymore. I just, and what I wanted to focus on were, you know, the basic styles. Because I can't get to all of them, but then I thought, okay, what are some key seasonal styles that aren't necessarily the year-round ones? So, I mean, obviously I couldn't not mention pumpkin. And I think pumpkin is probably one of the most polarizing styles because you've got your rabid fans and then you have your sort of, you know, vicious detractors. (laughs) Yes, and how ironic that we actually have the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival here, hosted by Elysian Brewing uh, in downtown Seattle at CenturyLink, where they're going to feature 60 brewers on October 8th. It's, uh, I'm going to check it out, um, and it's probably going to change my life around. Um, This book uh, is really a very cool tome of of information. Um, You know, when we come back from this break, Jeff, uh, I want you to talk about some of your favorite parts and chapters of this beer of this beer book, Beer FAQ. Um, I imagine it's available on all of our internet searches. We can find it at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Yes. Good. Amazon's local. We always like you know he's buying books from Amazon. But also we have a bunch of uh, local bookstores and and we do love. And Seattle is well read, well brewed, and well caffeinated. Um, we've got it all going on up here. You been to Seattle? I have been to Seattle. It's been about seven years, but I've been there. All right. Well, it's time for that seven-year itch. Uh, speaking with Jeff Cialetti, uh, the author of Beer FAQ, all that's left to know about the world's most celebrated adult beverage. Come back with this break. We're going to dive more into this great book. Stick around on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, folks, uh, your Banner Brewski is back on the air. Time for round four, fourth and final segment. And I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, an expert in this uh, frothy beverage that we call beer. Uh, Jeff Cioletti is the author of Beer FAQ, available at Amazon.com. And, uh, Jeff, um, you've searched the world. You've traveled the world all around beer. You've been to Seattle. I trust you've had Red Hook and Pyramid and Elysium beers, have you? Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I've had, I had a lesion before they were part of ABN. Oh, yes. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> that's right. That's That'll be the new marker. Of, are you Seattleite? Oh, yeah. I had a lesion beer before they were bought out. No, right? I had them before when they were independent. And then, you know, the, uh, you said they're doing the pumpkin festival. I think um, it, it's great. If if, so, if anyone's doing a pumpkin beer festival, it should be a lesion because they pretty much 
define the category. They have, and uh, I had uh, um, Dave. Bu- uh, well, I've had one of the founders here, born beer. We had a good time. Hey, but when it comes to beer in the United States, there is really one hallmark, one signature event. What's that event? The Great American Beer Festival. Of course, the Great American Beer Festival. Now, it sounds like it would be in Philadelphia because you know you got the Liberty Bell and all that. Where is it at? No, no, it's in Denver. It's, um, yeah, it's in Denver. It's a fall event. It's actually coming up in the coming week. Uh, it begins on Thursday, oh. uh, October sixth. Goes through Saturday, October eighth. And um, I'm actually I will be there as I always am. And I'm actually going to be signing this book in Denver at a place called Book Bar, which is a bookstore and a bar. <laughs> I like that. And, uh, that's at 8 p.m. on Friday, October 7th. I will be signing that. So if anyone's going out to GBBF, I, I invite you to come uh, Friday evening, and uh, we'll be talking probably be sipping some stuff and um, just generally uh, enjoying probably the biggest uh, beer vibe that Denver gets for the entire year. So. <laughs> I'm sure the Great American Beer Festival started in 1982, so it's working on, uh, what, 35 years now? I, you know, yeah, I guess it's yeah. almost that now. Yeah, it's, it's going to be the 35th. Quite interesting. Suppose, yeah. Have you been a, a judge for beer competitions or whatever they call them? Yeah, I have for a couple. I mean, I've, I've done, there was one year that I was involved in judging with the Sam Adams long shot competition. I did that a couple of years ago and I've done a few, um, you know, smaller local and regional ones. I haven't really done any, I haven't judged for the GDF or anything like that. So. Interesting. When you, when you taste a beer, what are you looking for? Is it about, I'm a, I'm a sommelier. So I look for balance. I look for expression, character, fruit, typicity. What do you look for in a beer? Well, you, you hit it on the head when you said balance. I mean, I think a lot too many people get into beer initially and they think um, it's got to be, oh, it's got to be super, super hoppy. It's got to make your mind explode. It's got to be too much of one thing over another. But And I think that was my thought initially when I got into beer. It had to be extreme. It had to be like a high ABV. But it's interesting how my own tastes have evolved where the first thing I look for is balance. And... Um, and I've even started getting more and more in the pilsners again, right? Because well, they're making some really them better. Great stuff that's happening, yeah. And they're amazingly balanced too, so and refreshing and not fatiguing. I mean, I heck, I like to be fatigued, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I kind of want to have a beer at two o'clock in the afternoon after a you know, hard day at the at the office uh, and not feel like I gotta go to sleep. Um, what was the first beer you ever had in your life? Mine was Miller High Life. Oh boy, this um, it, it was probably if I had to put my finger on it, it was probably uh, Bush. Bush, yeah, yeah, because it was it would have been it would have been at a probably at a frat party in college, and that's basically what they would buy. They would get the cheapest stuff they could get. Where did you go to school, and, Missouri? No, I went to Rutgers in Jersey. Oh, hey, we just had you guys out here a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. The Scarlet Knights. Go Scarlet Knights. Um, what a pleasure. You have, This book is really uh, so much information. Um, it's already been colored with highlighter on my side because I would actually, I'm going to use, this is part of my uh, Master Sommelier curriculum. I think you've, you've laid out all this information you want uh, in a uh, 
simple and concise way. Um, and you've got the great pictures and anecdotes. Um, again, where can we get the book? You can get it, uh, you know, online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the usual places, IndieBound. Um, you can, you know, and then at, at select independent bookstores around the country and definitely at Book Bar in Denver. All there. right. And, um, so, yeah, just just look for it wherever fine beer books are sold. Fine and, beer books and, are yeah. sold and consumed. Do you have a website? Yes, it is drinkableglobe.com. Drinkableglobe.com. Yes. Wow, awesome. Jeff Cialetti, uh, congratulations on a fantastic uh, book, and uh, what a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. You too. Thanks so much, Christopher. I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. So fun. It's all about beer today. Octoberfest is here, folks. October 8th, Saturday, the Great, Ameri- uh, the Great American Beer Fest. Uh, the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival at CenturyLink. Check it out at ElysianBeer.com. And remember, folks, you're out and about. Life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers! Cheers!